What is up, guys? Welcome to the Reborn Podcast. I'm really excited uh, about my guest today. I have a silent mic on uh, Mike Farr. We go way back. I met Silent Mike whenever we were both with Reebok back in 2015, 2016. And what has always stood out to me about uh, Silent Mike is um, his his attitude and how positive and uplifting he always is. So um, Silent Mike, Mike Farr, he is a content creator and he is an influencer um, with fitness training, gaming, fashion videos, and he's drawn millions of viewers. He's the founder of Third Street Barbell Gym and Apparel Line, and he also co-hosts the very popular podcast, 50% Facts, um, with uh, Jim McD. So you can find him on all of the social media platforms uh, and Twitch. He's really big on Twitch, just at Silent Mike. So check him out, and then you can check out his training programs at K-I-Z-E-N training.com. So let's bring on Mike Farr, Silent Mike to the Reborn Podcast. What is up, everybody? I'm really excited to bring on one of my good friends, Mike Farr. Many of you guys know him as Silent Mike. He is here with me today on the Reborn Podcast. Dude, it is so good to like see you again. I know. It's been way too long. It's probably been what, it's, four years? I know. So Mike and I met at the uh, with Reebok. We were both with Reebok at one point in our fitness career. Uh, when was that? Like 2016? I, I've, 20... I've like flown through a time bubble in the last like three years. I have like yeah. no clue what year it is. I don't know it's... what's going on anymore. <laughs> 2022. Maybe 2015. <laughs> maybe. We met? Yeah. I, 2015, 2016, we met. Um, it was out at one of the Reebok summits. That no, what was before that. I don't even know if it was at HQ that we first met. Anyways, Mike and I really hit it off, mainly because of his uh, stupid humor that I never understood. And then he had to always explain it to me in layman's terms. I'm fun, you know? Just continue to make fun of the fact that I never understood any of his jokes. So, um, what's going on, man? So you're out in, uh, are you in Sacramento? Yeah. Sacramento, California. Are you going to leave California? I I've heard everybody's like moving out of California and, uh, moving either to Montana or Texas. I have, um, can you say? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. only asking cause like, dude, Joe Rogan moved out of California. Everybody moved out of California. The biggest, uh, is it Intel is like moving out of California and they're putting their up in Ohio, dude, like we are like, do we need to buy up all the land in Ohio? Um, I was looking at apartments in Columbus too. Why? Because uh, Intel is going ever- there. $20 billion facility. Dude, I know that is massive. Um, I don't know if I'm moving. That is huge. I-, I don't have you like any- it there. I-, I have nothing against moving. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not, I- I'm tied to this city cause my mom lives here. Yeah. Tied to the city cause I grew up here and I love it, but I'm not, you know, I'm an open mind. I'll fucking, I'll go move anywhere. I don't give a shit. Wherever opportunity arises, I go. I want to kind of, so I haven't talked to you in a long time. So this is like really great to catch up. So you have a gym. I, you started uh, working on your gym, but then like the pandemic hit. Exactly. Yeah. We started we, planning. I want to like, talk about that. Uh, yeah. Let's talk about that. 2019, I guess. 2019, mm-hmm. November. Um, 
the gym that I started like my real strength career um, closed. And so a lot of old members started just blowing up my phone like, hey, facilities empty. What's up? We need a gym. Facilities empty. What's up? Um, and so then I brought it to my podcast partner at the time who who kind of launched my career in some senses. He was the first one to put me on a podcast and first one to put me on YouTube, Jim McDonald. Um, I brought it to him like, hey, dude, our, our old facilities, we never like owned it or anything. I was just a coach there and we used to work out there. I was like, hey, the facility's empty. What do you think? Um, we threw around the idea and we started negotiating the lease and all this stuff. And then obviously March 2020 hit and like I felt like I was in a movie. I'm, I'm at the grocery store after a workout and uh, it's empty. It's dead empty. And some kid, some like college kid is walking hella slow in a shopping cart, like stupid slow. And my mom's texting me like, Hey, I don't know what's going on. Maybe just grab some extra food. You know, like who knows what the hell's about to happen. Yeah. And this kid's staring at me and he said, Oh, the college is closed. And he like freaks out. <laughs> I'm sitting there like, dude, am I in a what? fucking movie? What is going on? And like, obviously we, we heard a little bit about COVID or whatever. I'm like, all right, whatever, man. And so uh, long story short, the negotiation of the lease took a little bit longer because no one knew what was going on in those first months. Um, but then after that, we made a decision probably May or June. We signed the lease. We got the keys. The building needed some renovation. Um, so we, we spent the first five, four or five months doing construction. I got my little Carhartt. What's the meme on the internet? Me and you are getting old, bro. The meme on the internet is you wear Carhartt, but you don't uh, do Carhartt shit. <laughs> so I was well, doing, now you can say that you, do, you, yeah. do, you are doing Carhartt shit. Yeah, so I went and bought everything <laughs> at the Carhartt store and started, grabbed a hammer and just went went to town. Um, and so we basically built it, built it back from the ground up, installed everything, and we've been open since... October 2020. Nice. What a tough time, man, especially like, you know, shutting gyms down and having so many regulations on like small businesses. It's really cool to see you persevere through all of that. So your background is in powerlifting. Yeah. Uh, you love to game. You yeah. like Twitch. Um, and then like what basketball? I know you ball out a little bit. Uh, what is your, can, can you just talk about and give like the listeners a little bit about like your background? Um, some of the, the world records that you hold, uh, I don't hold shit. <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, grew up playing basketball. Um, most people don't think of a five, nine Italian kid when they think about basketball, but it's the only thing I liked. It's the only thing I loved my whole life. Um, since ages, I don't know, since like third grade until I was about 22, I was still convinced all I was going to do is play basketball the rest of my life. Um, played a little college, had some offers to play at some bigger schools, uh, played a little junior college, played a little um, semi-professional ball, you know, kind of injured NBA guys or, or ex-NBA guys, European guys. Um, got a taste of that, liked it, didn't love it, definitely didn't want to go back to school. And that's kind of the route you have to go for a lot of sports, um, whether you want to end up being a coach, even coaching at the higher level, you have to have a degree. I ain't got a degree. Uh, really just hate sitting at a desk. The only time I'm sitting at a desk is for the Ashley Horner podcast. Um, <laughs> That's right. And so uh, through all that, basically being five, nine, I found the gym really early. You know, I'm, I'm playing against guys that are six, two, six, three. They're faster than me. They're taller than me. They jump higher. Um, I had a supportive dad who got me a strength and conditioning coach in seventh, eight, seventh and eighth grade. And I kind of mm -hmm. stuck with him um, for my whole life. I actually think he's out there by you somewhere. He's in the military. I forgot his, uh, what branch. 
but so he trains drill sergeants. And so uh, his name shout out Dean Durham. Uh, my first strength coach had him for six years. And this dude, Dean, Dean Durham. Yeah. Yeah. He okay. would crush me, man. I was the youngest dude in the pack. He trained a bunch of like NFL players, a bunch of like UFC cats. And then just my mm-hmm. little dumbass. And he's screaming at me. He's yelling at me in his, his, his drill sergeant voice. But um, he made me fall in love with like group training, like community, getting after it. Um, and so I did that and, and kind of fell in love with the gym or at least the process. I definitely didn't love the gym the same way I loved basketball. Um, but then he had to move. He moved away from the military and went back in. And he uh, and basically you start Googling and learning about strength and conditioning, getting faster, stronger, whatever. And it kind of leads you to powerlifting. And that's where I kind of ended up. So I joined a gym um, after I decided to fully throw away my sneakers, 22, 23 years old. I joined a gym called Super Training Gym at the time. Um, it was a powerlifting so, gym. Yeah, I, I'm surprised, like, you know, having having the athletic background of basketball. And I know that you're like, oh, it wasn't like a high level. But many would say out of everybody who plays basketball, getting to the level that you were at. It is a higher level of basketball. Yeah. So I want to know, like, how like how or when did the transition of uh, playing basketball, why why powerlifting? Why not something more functional like CrossFit or something? Um, like I'm, I'm like old. A, a I'm old, Ash. You the, are not CrossFit. old. You're like the same age. You're, you're probably younger than me. CrossFit, and like, dude, that, uh, was ba- that was, like, back then. You have zero excuse. I just want to know, like, why, like, why, why did you go in the direction yeah, yeah. of, like, because obviously you needed an outlet with, uh, basketball, right? Like, you had that, with, basketball was your outlet, but, you know, what was your, like, how did you get into the powerlifting realm? I think, I think, so CrossFit was still so new. I was following it, but we're talking like, mm. I, I don't want to, don't quote me. I'm not a historian, but I think CrossFit was literally like invented in like t- 2006. And so now we're talking like 2000. Okay. Hold the mic for a second. Am I wrong? First of all, first of all, CrossFit was never invented. Okay. CrossFit the company was always the thing. The, the company, okay, the brand, the brand, i.e. CrossFit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, the company. Go ahead. All right. Cause I was doing CrossFit cross yeah, yeah, yeah. style workouts. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. So the company, I think was 2006. So like to, to like compete, you know, cause like you, yeah, yeah, you train that way or very similarly, but you didn't compete at it. Cause it wasn't. So I think like t- 2006 and it was super popular in NorCal cause it was created in Santa Cruz, which is like two mm-hmm. hours from me. Um, and so like, I was, I was aware of it all, but I hate, I hate running. I hate cardio. Uh, except you'd run the whole time on the court chasing a against ball five other people. Yeah. If I'm chasing a ball, but I'm not just going to run. I've never gone for a run in my life. Never will probably. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't really know. Cause I, I, I didn't f- try to like replace basketball either. Cause I don't even love powerlifting. Like I like mm-hmm. it. I like helping people. And I think the barbell is a really good tool to help people. Um, and I like being strong. Um, but I don't necessarily love competing in powerlifting. Never, never had that passion. Like I did even with like podcasting, podcasting on my passion scale is way higher than, than powerlifting and basketball really? is way higher, way higher. Yeah. Okay. I don't really like it. Um, I don't really compete in anything anymore. I kind of killed those demons. I, I don't really have a competitive edge anymore. I'm, um, but, mellow, you, but yellow. you did, I mean, what, like, what were some of the, cause you do hold some, some records. I don't know if you still hold them anymore. No, but I don't hold like, shit. what are like some of the, yeah, you do like, what are some of the high, like the lifts and stuff, like your highlights? Yeah. Of- uh, I mean, I, I got fairly strong, but uh, it was a fairly gift. strong, whatever. What, what's been your all time, Matt? You, uh, dude, it's like I'm having to literally like twist your arm to get this out of you. What was your max deadlift? I, you know what ever, I hate? Of all time. You all know what time. I hate, Horner? I hate what? fuckers that are out there. Like, uh, I went on this rant the other day too. Like, it's the me versus me type shit. 
You know, uh, fuck you. You know, it's not. There's other people out there. We live in a, an economy with other people. We live in sports with other people. You know, so when I went to Super Training Gym, uh, the like motto was strongest gym in the West because it literally was. We had like world record holders, the strongest dudes on the planet. And they're 30, 40 years old um, tanks, 300 pound men. And I'm a 170 pound basketball player trying to figure it out. And so like, I just quickly realized I'm not the same as these guys. Like I was strong for a basketball player, but I'm not strong compared to the world. Um, I did chip away at it and I worked kind of hard. I deadlifted 705, um, which is, which is respectable, but it's not (laughs) earth shattering in my world. Um, to those that listening that don't deadlift twice a week for a decade. I mean, I've deadlifted twice a week for a decade. Um, you do anything twice a week for a decade, you're going to be okay at it. Um, but, but there's nothing crazy there. And, and the passion, again, wasn't there. I treated it like a pro sport because that's all I knew how to do. I just knew how to live like an athlete. I don't really drink. I don't really go out. I'm kind of antisocial. Um, I eat pretty well. Like, I'll slam some pizza here and there. But I've always just kind of lived that way, a little bit routine. Um, so some people think I treated it like the same as I did basketball. But it was never in my heart the same, you know? So out of, out of your the three lifts then? You have bench, yeah. squat, and dead. Like, what's your favorite? Probably deads. I uh, I was in a wedding for the first time in, like, my whole life this last, uh, I guess, three weeks ago. One of my best friends got married. And it was for the such, first time ever you were in a meeting? I got no friends. If in a wedding for I the know. first time? Yeah. Really? Crazy. I'm really surprised, I know. actually. I've never been to a bachelor party, neither. You Did you get to go to one? No, we didn't do one. They didn't have a bachelor party? What the hell's party? going on? Oh. I don't know. So he, uh, so two of my best friends kind of got married on the whim kind of deal. Not like eloped, but it was kind of like a low key thing years ago. Mm-hmm. So they didn't have like the whole groomsman. And then this one was the first one to do like a big old deal. But I basically used it as an excuse not to squat for like three months so I could fit in a suit. So all I did was deadlift. <laughs> so deadlift's your favorite. Deadlift for sure. Yeah. That's what, are, what are some of your other, what's your uh, all time squat? all-time bench do people ask you this all the time uh not so much anymore because i'm just not that strong <laughs> <laughs> well like when you were doing it like twice a week what was your uh, what was your best squat is 589 or 590 mm-hmm. by the kilos and then um in competition is just a 365 bench uh but in the gym i bench 405 a couple times you are a really good coach um but there's been one time in my entire career of everything that I've done, I, I trained for a powerlifting competition. And I remember you helped me like train and, and get my numbers up for that powerlifting competition. And I, I remember I didn't give you like enough time to help me prepare to like the best of my ability. But the, you know, I, I know like you've always been really great at being a coach do you do most of your coaching now online or do you do it in person as well i think that's actually how we first met i don't think we met in person i think you met andrew and and i don't even know if you were with reebok yet it was like in the process and andrew's like yo uh do you know horner uh i'm talking to her and she's about to power lift she needs help i think that's yeah. literally how it started probably um i yeah. don't do a ton of coaching either i i'm oh, okay. I'm, I'm a screwball dude i um I overanalyze everything. And so I, I found that I just, my heart, I wasn't giving my clients what they deserved. And so I, if I couldn't do that, I just kind of stopped. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I would catch myself in person, like on my phone or like thinking about other stuff. And I'm like, man, I'm yeah. not like so present. I, they deserve mm-hmm. better. Um, and so mm-hmm. I slowed down a little bit on that. Uh, I sell some educational products and stuff like that. And then I'll coach 
I don't know, any from any time, like one to five homies or friends or like um, my buddy Tom Callis, I coached for a while. He's like a world record holder. And so like I do kind of coach for fun here and there. Um, but majority of it before that, yeah, was online. In person's cool. Um, but as you know, being in the industry so long, it's like such a different vibe to make money. And at the end of the day, we need to eat and we need to make money. Um, mm-hmm. You have to kind of take a lot of clients in person and you don't get to be as picky sometimes. And no offense to the folks out there. I, I doubt the people I'm about to talk shit on listen to this style podcast but or follow <laughs> you. But a lot of people are just like there to like they have a trainer for like a therapist or like, they're just yeah. there to like check it off their conscious list. Like, yeah, I went to the gym. Don't really care, you know, just to make themselves right. feel good. And and I don't yeah. really do well with that. Yeah. You need, do you think that you like training more like athletes? Like, yeah. Like very driven, very similar mindset to, to like your outlook and how you train it is dude. I mean, I, I've been there too. I've been a floor trainer as well. And I mean, you, you become I'm not a floor trainer anymore. I don't train people in person. I, I do miss it. Yeah. But it's it's a lot of work. It takes a lot out of you. And if you're doing all of these other things as well as being a floor trainer and, and training people in person, it's really difficult. I mean, it's a lot because not only does it take the time out of your day, but it's, you know, you're just you're so much more than a coach and people people who are in that in industry and they're still in that, in that industry, it takes a very, very, very special person to be able to do that. And just like you said, like truly connect, uh, with their clients, but it's a two way street. I mean, I remember I had clients that like same thing, like they just, they really just came in to like, they just want to have a conversation with yeah. me or like wanted to check it off the box. And they didn't really truly care about the time that I would invest to them and value my time. And so it was like, you know, what else were you doing the 23 hours of your day? You know, like you have to constantly, um, they constantly have to get better. And if they're not putting that energy into that, then it's easy to kind of like lose that as a coach and, and lose that as your passion. You're like a life coach. You're like a therapist. Yeah, you you're like a, a nutritionist. Coach. You're all that. I do think more people need to start there. And that's a whole nother conversation maybe for another day. But like how many people just want to be an online coach or just one of it? Like if you've never done that process of like even selling or, or whatever, or let alone coaching for long periods of time in person, a variety of, you get to train a hundred different types of people, old, young, experienced, inexperienced, large, small, medium. Um, and if you don't have that experience, it's going to be much more difficult to actually be good at your craft. Yeah. I'm, I'm a huge advocate for that. And I think one of the reasons why I am such a good trainer that I am today is because I've had such a wide variety of, of people that I, I worked with and that I met with every single day, people with like prosthetics, people like older generations of just like heart issues, like super overweight people who like can't even do like a body weight squat. And then you have like the younger generations and the teens. I mean, 100%. I actually have never even thought of it that way, but like, you know, it's, it's not like you can take a textbook, you can take a test all day long to get a certification. It really comes down to the experience that you have and you can't have the same type of experience and get the same type of growth and knowledge if you're just training people online because you don't really get to physically see them and be there and work with them on the day-to-day basis to know everything that truly encompasses training and that's that's so very important yeah 100 um, so uh, like on your can you talk about like all your training videos that you do online and yeah. everything because your videos are are you pretty big on a uh, twitch 
so we were going hard on Twitch during COVID because there's nothing going on. So I'd like wake up, I don't know, 9 a.m., chug a coffee, and then I treated it like a job. I sat right here at this desk and we just Twitch streamed for, I don't know, 12 hours a day. Like you gaming? Gaming. We do probably, because gaming gets boring too, but um, Twitch, if those that don't know, it's like a, a, a live stream gaming platform, but it's turned into so much more. Like people are cooking on there. People are doing podcasts on there. Um, mm-hmm. when I got into it in like 2015, it was just nerds, dude. Like if you had heard of Twitch in 2015, 2014, you're a freaking nerd. Um, so we'd game a little bit and then sometimes we'd take a break. We'd listen to music, we'd chat, we'd end up talking about food or, or whatever the heck pops in our mind. Um, yeah. And then people, people pay to get online Twitch and like watch you game. So you can, you can watch it for free. And then, um, to be like part of the community, it's so cool. Like Instagram and all that's cool. And I'm blessed to have a platform on YouTube and other places, but Twitch, like the sense of community and the sense of like, uh, inside jokes and little things there is like no other platform. They, uh, Hmm. if you can pay, yeah, whatever, like a subscription or it's free if you have Amazon prime and you basically can create your own custom emojis. And so like your community gets Hmm. these own emojis and your community gets these inside jokes. And like, you just kind of meme all day. It, It, it's like sad in one sense because it's such a community um, that's online and not in person. But the truth is, is like not all of us can find people that are like-minded or that we enjoy to be around in person or some of us having, you know, social anxiety stuff or whatever it might be. So it is cool outlet for a lot of folks to find, find some friends. What is your uh, Twitch tag? Uh, Silent Mike, I, dude, I had to oh, stop sorry. because I had to open this silly gym, but hopefully we get back to it. It's all Silent oh, Mike. You ha- so you, oh, okay, so you haven't been twitching. Yeah, I twitched like uh, <laughs> a couple weeks ago. I wish. Have you noticed that the people who are on the Twitch with you is the same community as like people deadlifting in like the fitness realm? Or is it completely different? Is this like a whole different community? I think half and half. I think okay. there's something weird that I can't relate to and maybe not in your world. Cause you're pretty versatile in your training. Not only what you do, but who you work with in powerlifting for some reason and bodybuilding a little bit, especially now there's this weird anime connection. Mm-hmm. I, I don't get it. I've never watched you, anime in my life. Yeah. But there's are you, this, are you into anime? No, what am I? I no, I'm watching like game of Thrones type shit. I'm into some nerd stuff. I like star Wars and stuff, but I'm not watching anime. Um, <laughs> And so Twitch kind of has all that. So you'll get some random people, like some big streamers that only game and they kind of know about powerlifting. I think maybe because the anime connection, I don't know. Mm. I, maybe just being jacked is cool in anime and that's why. I really don't get it. But um, the communities overlap a little bit, but not a ton. Hmm. So how? So you're not doing, you're not really doing Twitch right now. Are you still doing a lot of like your YouTube stuff? Yeah, same old YouTube podcasts. Uh, kind of just never stop. Um, what's your What's your podcast called? Fifty Percent Facts. Oh yeah, podcast. I knew that. Yeah, yeah. 50- oh yeah, I'm actually following that podcast. Aww. Yeah, Fifty Percent Facts. So it's it's changed a little bit. Um, you do this kind of stuff for a decade, and I just get a little bit antsy with my creativity. And so lately, we've been doing some um, some like hot topics, whatever's happening in powerlifting or, or strength conditioning or sports. We talk strong man, weightlifting, etc. But uh, we've also been doing movie reviews. And we try to find a tie in between like mental health, fitness, health, lifting and movie reviews. So some are mm-hmm. spot on. Um, like there's a movie called Icarus. I don't know if you've seen that. Um, it's about the Russian steroid scandal uh, oh. in the Olympics. So we covered that. And that's obviously like 
tie, so tied into weightlifting and powerlifting. Easy yeah, one. Yeah, it is. Um, but the last one we just did was the Anthony Bourdain movie uh, or documentary about him. And uh, I'm actually didn't know much about Anthony Bourdain and not a huge personal fan, but um, the tie-in of mental health and creativity and travel and all that kind of ties into what we do. So yeah, we just pick a different documentary, semi-related and kind of tackle that. That's cool. This is on on your uh, YouTube or uh, on the podcast? It's on YouTube, but not my channel, but it's on the podcast. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah. Um, so if it's called 50% Facts, is like the other half like false? <laughs> That's where it started because <laughs> I say a lot of shit and I only really know. Like I got You're so like, much. like, it's only half true. Yeah, I know there's so much stuff floating in my brain, but what I say is only in the ballpark. I'll get you yeah. there, but I won't get you the answer. <laughs> I like how you uh, just, you like throw that out there. You're like, look guys. It started <laughs> in an old podcast. I basically, and some of it's entertainment value. Some people think mm -hmm. I'm an idiot, but some of it's the delivery of a joke. I said yeah. that Nazis created Nutella and everyone's fucking pissed at me. Um, and then, and then we Googled it. And basically what happened was in World War II, there was a shortage of chocolate because of Italy and Germany and all this stuff. So then a farmer in Italy was forced to add hazelnut to his chocolate to create Nutella to sell stuff because he was low on crops. And so indirectly, Nazis did create Nutella, and I was correct. Makes complete sense. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>
Um, plus, like, I absolutely love it when Blue wears shorter shorts and uh, because he has such nice quads. And I'm like, I love to see your big quads. And so uh, they just, they compliment him so well. They both have great features like permanent anti-odor protection and um, an optional liner that is very comfortable and it prevents chafing, a four-way stretch and breathable and lightweight shell fabric. The brand believes in being better than yesterday, a stoic dedication to continuous improvement, not overnight success. They have a team of over 200 athletes testing their gear to ensure the perfect design fabric trims and fit, and they offer free shipping and free returns and a lifetime guarantee, a lifetime guarantee. Uh, 10,000 is offering my listeners only. 15% off of your purchase. That's a really good deal, guys. Go to 10,000.cc and enter the code REBORN15 to receive 15% off of your purchase. That's 10,000.cc and enter in the code REBORN15. Absolutely love all of their stuff. In fact, I, I pulled uh, I pulled some of the some of blue stuff out of the laundry yesterday. I actually took uh, some of the shirts because I like them so much, um, but I pulled out some of his laundry and I I picked up one of the shirts and I was like, dude, this is such a nice shirt. I was like, I guarantee you it's from 10,000. And sure enough, I had purposely like had to look at the tag um, and I was like, yep, it was just the quality of the material is awesome. So it's a really great deal, guys. You can save 15% off. Use the code REBORN15. Again, that's 10,000. Uh, T-E-N-T-H-O-U-S-A-N-D dot C-C and enter in the code REBORN15 and save uh, 15% off of your purchase. Uh, all right, back to the show. So I want to kind of um, back up a little bit and talk about the gym that you opened kind of through the pandemic. Um and being an entrepreneur now, what are I, everybody went through some like really tough, like hardship things. What were some of the obstacles that you went through? Um, I mean, that's like a big step. And this was the first, I guess, business brick and mortar business that you have and that you are a part of. Yeah. Um, were you, and you know, everything kind of started like right before the pandemic, like were you, did you go into it? And then you were like, what the hell did I just do? Yeah. I'm, I, were you like, I want to tiptoe out of this. Yeah. I say that every morning still. Um, yeah, whatever. So I, I, I opened a private training studio in 2010 by myself. Mm. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. And, and that, but so the difference is I can compare and contrast, right? When we're in 2010, mm. I'm 22 years old. I'm just a knucklehead using my life savings to open this thing. But the big difference is like the scale and budget. And so like, this is a big warehouse. We're 6,000 square foot. Um, we're now talking thousands of dollars versus hundreds of dollars with my last one. My last one, I bought one squat rack. I my rent was $800 a month. I basically, mm-hmm. um, you know, like the storage sheds you could buy like a uh, rent or whatever. It was like mm-hmm. a, a mom and pop version of that. So like next to me was a mechanic, but it was basically a storage shed. Then it was me. And then next to that was like this tech company that rented a storage shed. Um, and again, $800 rent at a 22, it felt very expensive. Um, but you compare that to a 6,000 square foot facility in, in the capital of California, um, with a big old parking lot. And I kind of got the fix now. 
yeah, it's much different. Um, I think, I think the biggest like hurdles and, and like, yeah, kind of waking up like, all right, <laughs> let's just de- delete this and move to something else. Yeah. And I've said this for a long time too, and, and you might as well. Uh, a lot of people do in the industry. Like if pure money is what's driving you, the gym might not be the best route. Um, and if you just like to build biceps, opening a gym is probably not your best route either. Uh, there's a lot more that kind of goes into it. And for us, uh, it's just kind of a lingering thing that downtown, um, all downtowns, all metropolitan areas in Sacramento are, are in California are, are just moving slow. They're moving mm-hmm. slow. Um, what is the name of your gym? Three, three third street company? barbell, third street barbell. Yeah. And so we're on third street in downtown We're you know, we're f- five minutes or less from the Capitol. So politics are obviously a huge uh, industry here. Um, all the politicians half live here for half the time. Um, food, beverages, all that kind of stuff. Everything that basically got blocked down by COVID is an industry in downtown. So our downtown's Mm. um, slow. Um, And so that that, that would, I say, is like number one challenge. As long as like every other business you do, there's always going to be a speed bump. Every day you wake up and you're putting out mini fires. Every day you're waking up, you're putting out a little speed bump. Hey, I wanted to do this. Oh man, well, this and this are in the way. So you got to figure a route around that. Um, kind of the normal stuff, but um, we've been lucky. You know, I, yeah, I actually like talking just like about business. Um, you know, a lot like obviously problems can be like really scary, but for me, looking back and like when problems arise, I actually don't find them. Um, I don't look at them like as because you can look at a problem as being something negative, but. Um, whenever I have problems, I'm like, okay, well, we're obviously moving or doing something or working on pivoting. And so, you know, it's almost like you become a professional problem solver. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like anytime that I've had, like I, I, all the businesses that I have, I have problems all the time. I, you know, my team comes to me with problems and having to deal with that. Sometimes I feel like I'm just putting out fires all the time, but, um, like in the same sense, like dealing with problems, like working with a solution on how to fix it, you know that you're constantly moving forward. It's like, it's like the moment whenever you don't have any problems or nobody comes with you to any problems, it's kind of like, well, you know, like, what are we even doing? Are we even being aggressive, like trying to move forward? Because anytime you're aggressive trying to move forward, anytime you're trying to open up a gym during a pandemic and create a team, you're going to, there's going to be problems. And so, um, so, so talk to me like a little bit about that, like the problems that you had and, um, you don't have to talk about like the actual problems, but more or less, I kind of want to know, and I want the listeners to know, like, how did you overcome that? Or are there things that you're still dealing with? Um, you know, I think that a lot of people, you know, I don't know how like the employment issue is right now out there on in California for you, but I know on the East coast, like we're still having issues getting people yeah. uh, to work and we have shortened hours. So how have you, how have you gone about these problems and tackling them? Yeah. I think similar to your mind, similar to your mindset actually is like, um, even though I, I do get stupid stressed and like anxious, it's just like part of my personality, but I do like it because every issue I may see, what I want to do is I want to set it, uh, improve it, and then I can set it so I don't have to touch it again or it's better for the future. So you, you start to look at big picture stuff and it's easy to get stressed. Like I want to get 500 members and I want to build a community that knows each other by name. Every single person I want to say what's up when they walk in the gym. That's a goal. That's really hard to look at every day. Like, all right, man, we only got 200 members. How are we going to you know, quadruple that or whatever? Like you look at that and you're going to freak the, the hell out. 
But every little issue that comes across, like you said, is I can kind of set it up for long term. So um, one, because of my own energy, two, because of employment, for example, like you talked about, through our construction period, we basically built the ideas and plans in place um, for the future. And so we have like a 24-7 membership plan. Uh, so we have security cameras through the whole place. Um, we have like, a, I call it the oh shit button. It's like a uh, a button for police, you know, like if something crazy happens, there's an emergency button uh, hidden on the wall. So we're basically safe as we can be if someone wants to go work out at 1 a.m. by themselves. Um, they just have a slide card that's uh, connected to their membership and they come through the door. So I don't have to have employees there 24 um, seven. Nice. It's a little bit more expensive for insurance. Again, talking about like the mini hurdles along the way, like, all right, I want a 24 seven membership. What do we do? All right. Well, my insurance doubles. All right. That's a pain. You budget that out. See if you can do it, if it's worth it or not. Okay. The insurance wants you to have a, Oh shit button. They want you to have a, a security cameras. They want you to have all these different rules and regulations. Um, you weigh the pros and cons, whether it's with your time to implement those things and then you do it. And we decided to do that. I guess That's the very awesome. first big, big hurdle was uh, getting equipment. If everyone wants to, all my, all my meatheads and fitness folk out there want to re- rewind their brain to like, I guess maybe June, 2020, mm. like Craigslist to get zero. dumbbells. Yeah. Get dumbbell use dumbbells on oh, Craigslist. Yeah. You got to take out a, a home mortgage. Like that, it was costing $50,000. And so um, I'm lucky enough to have some connections in the industry, but even that, even with my connections, yeah. You just couldn't find metal. You couldn't find, you know, these people were, were the companies themselves were struggling to find equipment to be able to make. Um, so that was the first one that delayed us a little bit. It's just getting enough equipment. You know, we have, I don't know, 10 squat racks, eight places to deadlift. Like it's a big facility. And so to fill that with equipment, um, yeah, there's a lot of delays, a lot of headaches. So the space that you have now, I thought there was, was, was there not already a gym there? So there was, um, back in the day. Add. Yeah. They closed in like 20, late or summer 2019, but all their stuff mm. moved out. And even if it was oh. still there, I wasn't going to take it. Like I didn't purchase the business. We just, mm. we just stole the, didn't steal, but we just took the lease after them. Um, gotcha. yeah. And even still like, I'm so particular in everything I do and how I do it and how I want it to look and how I want mm-hmm. it to feel. I'm a little OCD in that realm. I would have chucked their stuff anyways. Yeah, I I really like the. Uh, I remember the whenever you opened the gym out there, you have like this old tin. Remember our yeah. message? I was like, "Where'd you get this?" Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. "This is so rad." It's like, uh, it's like this old tin. Um, it looks like it's just distressed. I, I it's don't real. Know. It's from it's like a real. barn in like eighteen hundred. So we found Dude. this antique guy who he goes, his part-time job is, um, deconstruction. is it local or is this He's online? local. He's local. Uh, yeah. You're screwed, dude. You got to come dang. out here. I was just hearing you're like, write his name down. Yeah. So he, I, I bet you could find one out there though. So his job is to deconstruct buildings for people. So if someone like buys a plot of land and they have an old barn and they don't want it, they'd hire this guy and he'd take it all apart. And then his side gig is that he would find the stuff that's usable and he sells it at this like basically like a raw materials farmer's market out here. And so like people that build furniture or build houses or build decorations go to him and he sells it to him cheap. So we got, yeah, like a rustic tin roof off of a a barn from the 1800s. And then me and the crew put our Carhartt shirts on and we just laced one wall with it. 
uh, yeah, it's cool. It's cool. I, Cause I, I just, I was just sick of like the gym motif that became so popular and, and I'm a, a bit of a hater and a hipster in some senses. Like there's nothing wrong with it. Um, I just want to do something different, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. make it look um, different. So speaking of like the gyms and stuff, how, how do you, um, manage or regulate after hours of people allowing guests in because I had my gym out here, American sled dogs. Did you ever come out here and train at my gym? No, I was in Virginia. I'm I think beach once before I met you, I was out there with oh, Ben okay. Smith, you know, Ben Smith. Oh yeah. Yeah. I know the, yeah. he, he has a gym out in Chesapeake. Yeah. I don't know where um, that is, but <laughs> I was out there somewhere too far. It's like 30 minutes. I've, I've been to his gym also, but he, I think pretty sure he's expanded now. He like bought the land next to his building and from what I remember a couple of years ago, um, he was planning on like expanding his gym. But um, yeah, whenever I had my gym out here in Virginia Beach and it was open to the public, American Sled Dogs, that was one of the, the biggest things that I ran into. Obviously, your passion, my passion, like maybe we're not like training people in person one on one, but we still live uh, and we are fulfilled whenever we can better other people's lives yeah. and build the community around something that we believe in and something that we're so passionate about. Um, and one of the biggest problems that I had was people being dishonest and bringing like a buddy in with them after hours, because same thing, like I own multiple businesses. I have, um, my kids, I'm out training most of the time, running, riding my horse, who knows what. And, I couldn't be present at the gym all the time. And so uh, I just think this is really great for anybody who is a, a, a gym owner. And a lot of people, I know two people right now who are in the process of opening up a gym. Um, how, how do you, I'm just curious, how do you personally manage that? Yeah. So like, like you said, like every big idea, my big idea is like, all right, I need 24 seven membership. How do I not be there? Like I have other shit too, right? Like I yeah. coaching company content. And so like, I don't want to be there all day. Uh, right. It's like, I want a gym. I want to open 24 hours, yeah. but I don't want to be there. Right now. What? Right. And I don't want to yeah. hire 30 people to each yeah, have a four exactly. hour shift seven days a week. So right. um, basically then we just tiered it down through the insurance through the, and then we found a security camera uh, and there's millions now. Right. Um, but our security camera has an app on it. And so I can live view and live listen any time of the day. What is the security company called? I think we Do use you know? one called Arlo, A-R-L-O. Yeah. Um, I know Arlo. Yeah. I think we use Arlo and, and honestly was less expensive than I thought, although not mm -hmm. stupid cheap. Um, and it's okay. Like battery life's here nor there, but you can plug it in. Um, and then we just monitor that here and there. So we got a gym manager. That's actually his bedroom right here behind you. I'm in my office. Uh, my boy Kyle manages the gym for me. And if we see any problems here, any problems. Um, Are you he, at your gym right now? No, I'm at home. I got an office. Oh, I, I was going to say, I thought maybe your gym manager was sleeping at your gym. Oh, no, dude, that would be sick, though. I kind of wanted that story. Sick, right? Like, I started the gym already when I was like, I don't want to use the word, but like, I'm doing okay. You know, I'm not like yeah. successful, but I'm doing okay. I wish yeah. I would have started the gym first and I had to like sleep in the bathroom or something right. just for the story. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys use like the Arlo security yeah. system. Yeah. And so yeah. that, that I think not only records movement. And so anytime someone moves in there, it'll like basically clip, do like a three second clip. Um, and then you can live look in. So um, luckily it, 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 we've had no issues so far that I know of, maybe, you know, my buddy Kyle had to deal with it, but even still, we just talked to him. Um, and that's part of like the building the community to me too. I think when you set the precedent of 
uh, and I am there. I'm still there like eight hours a day, you know, a couple of times yeah. a week. I'll, I'll say what's up to every single person. And if I haven't seen them, they're new. I'll go, what's up, man? I'm Mike. Give a fist bump. And once you make that contact with a human, I don't think, and even at your gym, you know, if it was a kid or a younger person sneaking their friend in, I don't think people are malicious. You know, I, I don't think they're like, man, I'm going to get one up on Ashley. Screw her. I think most people are just like, you know, oh, they won't mind. Or, you know, everyone's sneaking their friends in the back of the movie theater. Like they're not thinking about the, the movie theater owner who's losing yeah. money. Um, mm-hmm. It's just people go through different thought processes. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think making, you know, real effort to, be part of the community you're trying to build too. You can't build community if you're not a part of it. And then I, I, I just, I would just have a talk with them. Hey, broski, what's up, Brad? Saw you brought in some buddies Brad. Yeah, ch- chugging beers at the gym. Uh, we're not going to have that anymore. Right, pal? <laughs> we see you. Yeah. We are always watching. Yeah, we got eyes, bro. We got eyes. <laughs> there are eyes in the wall. <laughs> Uh, that's cool, man. So I like, I don't have the, I don't have that gym anymore. I shut it down actually. And, um, I, I made it before the pandemic hit. I just, I made it a private facility just for myself. And then it was at that time, like my lease was ending on the space and the lease every year just kept going up. Like like astronomically. I mean, it was crazy how much like each month and it got, it got to the point towards the, the end of my lease. It was like, I had to make a decision. Like, was I going to keep it? Like, I didn't really know what, what I wanted to do at the gym. So long story short, I ended up closing it, which was really difficult. I, I felt like I was failing at something that I was so passionate about. Um, but you know, I, I came to the realization that it, it didn't serve me at that season in my life. And I, I was really, I felt really guilty and just kind of like let down that I, that I made the decision to close it. Um, or, you know, that I let other people down for closing it. But during that time, and then shortly after the pandemic hit, and then I was like, this is when I need to sell my equipment. And so, uh, kind of same thing, but, um, I tried to be pretty fair about like the prices we did increase them, but it was like at the same time and like who I put it out there for, we gave everybody a 24 hour notice of like that the, the equipment was going to be for sale. And dude, we sold everything. Literally people were fighting over the turf. They wanted to cut the turf in half. And I was like, and the sad news, the bittersweet part of that is like, it was, it like, played a toll on me emotionally, like so much that I couldn't even be there when all the equipment was being sold because like in my heart, I knew that it was the right decision to close it down. Um, because I didn't, you know, just that season in my life and I didn't know, I didn't know like what I wanted. And, and, um, so it, it was bittersweet. I, 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 I just couldn't be there when everything was being sold. And yeah. I've heard people were like fighting over shit, but then I opened up another space. So I have another space now. And it's just, it's again, it's just private just for me. I film all of my content and everything Dang. in there. It's really, really cool. Just a really cool atmosphere, a cool place. But I still like a part of me because I am passionate about building communities and I'm passionate about people training. And like, I get so much gratification bring, do you guys have any classes at your, at your gym or no? no yeah. Classes. So that's where we started with no classes, mm-hmm. no coaching. Um, and again, it's probably cause I'm a hater. Um, yeah. but I just have a standard and I didn't yeah. want to do it. And so I didn't want to let trainers in that weren't up to my standard yet. Um, yes, yeah, dude. yeah. We've thrown around that's the like, idea of building one. Yeah. Um, once the gym's cruising, maybe I, I would kind of 
headline that and coach some people under me, or I've, I've, you know, a couple prospects that I think are really good coaches, but it's difficult decisions. And, and again, like if you're just trying to make money, you got to have classes and you have trainers, you got to have every option under the sun and you got to market the living crap out of it. And trust me, I want to make money. I love making money. It's something I enjoy, but, um, with the gym and the clothing in particular, I, I have a standard I wanted to set. And if I have to take home a little bit less cash than I could, I'm going to keep my standard. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. I think that's really important. A lot of people don't, um, they don't keep in mind like all their core values and their beliefs of like what they, what they want to stand for and what's important to them. And it's easy to allow like a money sign or a dollar yeah. sign kind of influence that. And before yeah, you know it, is. it, it's like, you're going to be so off track and, and not going down the original path that you wanted to go down. Yeah. Um, I wanted to talk about like, what is it about your gym and your community, uh, that you're building that's different? Because it sounds like, and if you're anywhere in Sacramento, if you are, if you're ever traveling through Sacramento, you have to stop off and I really want to go to your yeah, facility. Roll through. Um, but can you talk about like, how is it, how, what are, what is your vision for the place? And like, like how, how are you different? How is, how is third street barbell different than the YMCA down the street or, you know, the Globo gym down the street? Yeah. I think it starts with the community. Um, you know, I've been to so many different gyms over my time and, uh, class style, team style, um, open gym style, the, the big bang planet fitness, 24 hour fitness gyms. Um, and the mix between those is that the big gyms have all the equipment, but they don't have community. Um, they have the hours, they have the conveniences, they have showers, they have all these things. They don't have the community. Um, so we have three showers, like little amenities that I think can help um, the everyday person. Uh, and then counter to that within the communities of like a quote unquote hardcore gym, sometimes people were like gatekeeping, you know, like, well, I deadlift 800, like Horner's not allowed to work out with me. I'm like, all right, dude, just like, okay, tough guy, you know, like rewind 10 years ago and you weren't deadlifting 800 either. Like who cares, you know, chill out. Mm -hmm. And so I think we're, you know, quote unquote, hardcore gym, we're a warehouse style gym, we're barbell and strength based gym for people that want to get better. But, um, I want people to be slightly intimidated yet welcomed. Um, Mm -hmm. and that's a big difference that I've had going to hardcore gym. I've been to every big gym in the nation. I used to do seminars everywhere and I, I think you should be a little nervous getting into it because I think nerves build character and I think it, it makes you want to work. It's closely tied to caring, you know, like you and like you couldn't see your equipment be sold. It's not because you love metal. It's because you cared about your business. Um, mm-hmm. And so you want to be slightly nervous, slightly caring, slightly passionate, but I want everyone to feel welcome as well. So we try to make equipment for any goal. It's not just powerlifting. You know, if you want to be a bodybuilder, we got a ton of machines, dumbbells, cables, um, we have cardio, we have some turf if you want to do, uh, move around a little bit, but a lot of open space so you can get creative. Um, and then in, in downtown Sacramento, uh, particularly, there's just no gym you can sign up for and just squat if you want to squat. That was like literally mm. my number one goal. I was like, man, I need somewhere to squat. So I ended up at a commercial gym. It was the only place I could just pay a membership, show up and freaking squat. Um, mm. And we didn't have one of those with kind of my style and my vibe. So I created it. Hmm. So what, what is the going forward? Like, what is the, like, what does the future of that look like? Because it sounds like what you have is something really special, which I'm sure a lot of the listeners, maybe some of them, most of them, they don't know you. Like I know you, like I, I know like your heart and your passion and how driven you are, but like, 
what, so there's no doubt in my mind that you're not going to continue to, to build just like this amazing community and have such an impact on others. But like, what is the ultimate goal for third street barbell? Yeah. Something like tied into the beginning of it was like community days and community events. Obviously the mm. COVID and everything really slammed that and made it really hard to kind of navigate. Um, regardless of my beliefs, regardless of anything, just how you move around that. You want everyone to be comfortable and have a good time and and whatever. And so we did our first one this December. Uh, we just did a deadlift competition that wasn't a real meet. We ran it all ourselves. So you didn't have to wear a singlet, et cetera, et cetera. And that gave us a pretty good taste. I think that people are wanting and needing a community. Um, again, like I'm not a big drinker. I'm not against alcohol. I'll, I'll, I'll love to sit down and have a glass of whiskey or something, but um for the only thing people to do every Friday night is just go get hammered drunk. And that's the only thing. And we have a great bar scene here and a great food scene and that's cool. But if that's your only option to like events, I don't think that's cool. Um, and so like, I want to do anything, a ping pong tournament. I want to do barbecues. I want to do Mario Kart events. And so, um, here in Sacramento, we had it in the past. It was called Second Saturday, and it started as an art event. And different retail shops would basically open their doors to artists, and artists would, for one night, set up their art there. And everyone would walk the streets and check out all the art. Um, and I don't even know if it's going on anymore or not, but I'm basically going to latch onto it or steal it. And so we're going to start Second Saturdays. And for now, they're just going to start as a free day, open gym. Anyone could come. Um, so our first one's this February. So the second Saturday of every month, hopefully we'll get a cool event going. Uh, in the beginning, it might just have to be an open gym, but as mm -hmm. things, you know, just are, seem to be chilling out, maybe we'll do a barbecue, uh, watch a, a UFC fight. UFC's here in, in Sacramento. We have a bunch of good friends over at Team Alpha Male. Um, and so we'll try to build community, obviously within our walls and people that like to lift. Um, but that's kind of why we started the clothing with it too, that people that don't live here can be part of the community. Um, and then people that don't necessarily love to lift weights uh, can maybe be part of the community too, in some sense. So I, this is the second time I've heard you mention like your clothing and stuff. What is, well, I know your logo for the gym yeah. is like a big teddy bear. Yeah. Big, cute one. Big, cute teddy bears is this because you powerlifters always eat gummy bears before they lift or what i don't know i i think because the california the bear, bear come from i think oh, the okay. california bear smoky the bear yeah smoky the bear let's not talk about our forest fires out here uh i know it's so bad and then and then it's like a dumb joke but so kyle our manager uh was is a close friend of mine he's the one that played a bunch of video games with us or with me when i was twitch streaming and we would just have like dumb jokes and, and you know, one thing rolls in the other. And, and when you tell the story, it sounds dumber. It's already dumb. And then when you tell the story, it sounds even dumber. Um, okay, tell it. I think I was just like grumpy or something one day. And he started calling me Mikey Bear trying to cheer me up or something stupid. And then like as time goes on, he would get on the microphone and how's, how's Mikey Bear feeling today? What kind of bear are you? You know, and we just joke <laughs> around, move around, move around. Um, and so the mix of California, we're in the capital state. I think the grizzly bear is a really good representation of, of things I'm about, like the mama bears. My old podcast was called Mama's Boys. Um, oh. uh, I am a mama's boy. I was a daddy's boy too, but you know, I just love my mom. And I think the grizzly mom is a sick representation of, of kind of that same thing, welcoming, caring, yet you're going to be intimidated as shit. If you're cool, she's probably going to be cool. But if you mess with her cubs, she's probably going to fuck you up. Um, mm -hmm. And I kind of love that dynamic. Uh, so is that a grizzly bear that's on the... Yeah, a little baby grizzly bear. Okay. Um, if, if you're listening to this, you guys have to go look at his logo. It is like... It doesn't even look like... It looks like a mix between Smokey the Bear, yeah, not like, Weenie the Pooh, No, but, like Yogi. 
Yeah, Yogi the Bear. Yeah, but we have different yeah. like evolutions. So we did like oh, a. Uh, I so did is like this a, your clothing line. Yeah, so we did like a physical line? education cool. drop, and so we have more of like a stylized '90s. I'll text you a picture after this okay. uh, of the new one. We have you know like American traditional. I know you're into yeah. cats, so now we have like an American traditional bear creeping in. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, how often versions. do you how often do you change this? Um, so it's kind of by drop. All the clothing again, probably because I'm a hater and a hipster, uh, is all like super small batch. So yeah. it forces me to be creative and each launch is going to be completely different. Um, we're not going to repeat. We don't have things in stock. Once it's gone, it's kind of gone. Um, and if you've the, always had really good style though, oh, well, thank your you. style, your style is different, but you've always, you've always had good style. Yeah. I just always been into it. I think growing up in basketball, it's just like part of the game. You listen to hip hop music, you worry about sneakers. It's just so much part of the culture. And mm-hmm. so I, I was mm-hmm. always kind of been in there. Um, so we'll, we'll do a new drop every six to eight weeks and each one either is a slight variation or like a totally different take and look on what we're doing. Mm. That's awesome. That's really cool. So your goals now, like you're wanting to build the community. Um, and then like, it was that, was that one of your other goals is to get 500 members? Yeah. I mean, I think a 6,000 square foot facility could probably sit somewhere like that. You know, it's mm-hmm, hard to say mm-hmm. because it depends on your demographic, right? Like if you have all college students and they all show up at 10 AM, you're kind of screwed. Um, right. but if we have, if we have a spread group, kind of like we do now, we have, you know, we yeah. have some older folks, some middle-aged folks, some people with a nine to five, some people that are on their own schedule. Um, yeah, I think we can sit somewhere like that. That's very cool. Yeah. Uh, it's so speaking about the entrepreneurial world. Um, what, what is like one piece of advice that I think right now, you know, like they're, the past two years have been, it's been tough for a lot of people. And I think, um, positively speaking, a lot of people have began to realize, or maybe it was a wake up call that, uh, their health and wellness is extremely important to them. And maybe fitness in the beginning, like wasn't, you know, on the top of their list to do, but, um, you know, you, I, I'm seeing now, which I am surprised, like a lot of people are wanting to open up gyms and maybe yeah. that it has something to do with COVID because their passions have changed and they're wanting to get, um, they're wanting to get, uh, just more into the lifting realm. Um, if somebody is wanting to open up a gym, a training facility, what, what is like some good, cause it sounds like, cause you did it in like the, the heat of everything. Yeah. What is like just some good solid advice that you've either either gotten or that you can give to some of the listeners, like either what not to do or I, I mean, I don't know. Is there anything that you can like, let me like if I was going to open up my gym right now and I wanted to make my gym that's private, if I wanted to make it public, which I have kind of thought about it, but I'm just I'm not sure <laughs> I don't, I'm not that social either. Like I would prefer to just be with my dogs all day and not like people, but I'm also very passionate about, you know, helping people with fitness and stuff. So, um, like even speaking to me, like what would be some advice that you, that you've learned? I think you literally just said it right there is I think the first, so big, big picture. I always like to look at like, um, the vision and be particular with what you want. You know, you want to talk about hold the standard or whatever it might be. Know what you want, know what you're doing, know who your demo is. And that's kind of like some basic business stuff. But and then and then and then figure out exactly what your gym's gonna look like. Are you gonna be classes? Are you gonna be whatever? That's more like the X's and O's. I guess the more philosophical is 
kind of what you just said there is you have to truly be self-aware. I think um, in life, you're going to be better off that way, but definitely in business and know what you're good at and know what you're not good at. Um, I, I, I know I'm good at building community and relating to people. And so like, yeah. I kind of act as like the governor of the gym. I'm saying, what's up to folks. I'm shaking hands. I'm kissing babies. I'm, I'm doing all that. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to spot, spot people when they're lifting. Um, if you're the gym bro and, and you know, you're good at, um, spotting and loading or, or, or whatever, then hire people that are good at things that you're not hire someone yeah. good with money, hire someone good with marketing partner with someone good at branding. Um, if you, uh, are really good with X's and O's and you're, you're more of like a CFO type and, and you can crunch numbers and budgets and all this stuff, then maybe go find yourself that that's, that's more like a little presidente, someone that can talk people's ears off, maybe a salesman type, maybe a, a maybe a gym bro type. Um, if you know what you're good at, you can know what you're not good at and you can feel those gaps. I think there's room for everyone. I don't think everyone is cut out to be an entrepreneur or, or a business owner, but I think there is room for all types of people to be business owners or to fit in those gaps. And, mm-hmm. and you don't have to be the smartest. You don't have to be the strongest. Um, you just have to show up and kind of like you said earlier, you have to problem solve. Yeah. And the first problem is what am I not good at? I know I'm not a great boss. Uh, I don't like conflict. I don't like uh, nagging. I hate to be micromanaged. Um, mm. And I know everyone says they hate to be micromanaged, but truth is a lot of people need to be micromanaged. They need it. You know, that's you're a mom. I'm sure you're on your fucking kids because they're not going to do their yeah. homework unless you're on your kids. Like that's yeah. a form of micromanaging, but right. they, they need it. They, they won't yeah. get their homework done. Otherwise, they're going to be playing Fortnite and dancing in the corner. Your kids are wild. I, they're probably dancing in the corner. Uh, yeah. You know, like like they got energy. They're kids. You, 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 hey, we're going to go, you know, play sports. Now we're going to do our homework. You got to give them routine. Um, and I'm bad at that. I'd probably be a bad dad. Uh, Stop. <laughs> so like, so you get someone that's more like that. I hire a boss that wants to to be on top of things and organized, et cetera, et cetera. And, and I handle what I'm good at. I think I'm good at big picture. I think I'm good at marketing. I think I'm good at branding. I think I'm good at building communities. So um, that would be, that would be the overarching more philosophical mm-hmm. advice. Know what you're good at, know what you're not good at um, and either partner or hire people smarter than you and with skills that you don't have or you don't enjoy. Yeah. That's so important. I think the fact that you recognize that, you know, every single successful person, period, they're not good at everything. Yeah. But what they are, that what they are good at is being good at a few things and doing them really well, but knowing that those are the things that they are good at and everything else that they're very mediocre at or that they just don't have passion for or don't care, then they are able to give that job or that duty to somebody else who is passionate about 100%. it or who, you know, who can do it. And it doesn't mean like if you guys are like wanting to open a business, like you're going to have to do things that you don't want to do. Like that's just oh, part yeah. of it. Yeah. You're going to have to grind. You're going to have to put the pen to the paper and, and make the needle move at the end of the day, but, um, you really have to be able to confidently identify the things that you're really good at. And you know, what, like what Mike said is that, um, you have to be very specific about what you want. And if you're building a culture, if you're building, you know, it could be a gym, it could be a restaurant, it could be anything, but you have to know, you have to know exactly what you want. I think that if you're very, very clear with that, um, then it is going to be a much easier path moving forward. So I want to ask you, it's really hard to execute. That's like the hardest thing of anything. So if you don't have a vision, it's going to make it even harder to execute. Like it's already right. hard to execute. Oh yeah. Yeah, even like there dude there's been so many times that I've I've written down 
you know, I do a lot of stuff like when it comes to like vision boards and stuff, I just do a lot of like writing. Like my, my version of vision boards is I'd like put it all down. I put down like, you know, the next year, a couple years, like what I want specifically, but dude, it, it, it's a lot. And, um, you know, you, you have to continue to check in with that because if you're not, if you're not careful, like the vision board that you have, if you allow people to come into your life and maybe they don't understand exactly your vision or your direction of, of the gym and like the community that you're creating, um, it's very easy if you're not on top of it. And if you're not steering the ship from above that you're going to be turning, going a completely different direction, <sighs> you know, and then it's going to, it's going to take a lot to turn the ship around yeah. and to be sailing in the right direction direction. So I think that's a really, really good takeaway. Um, I want to ask you a final question and, and that is, um, we can talk like about the gym specifically, um, or about silent Mike. Uh, but what is the legacy of everything that you're creating? What is the legacy that third street barbell and, uh, most people know you as silent Mike rather than Mike Farr that, that you're wanting to leave behind? Um, that's a good question. Uh, my, my goal has kind of just always been to, to educate or entertain as many people as I can reach, uh, in the time I'm given, um, to help those smile and have a good time that are facing dark times. Um, I know I've faced some dark times and we, and we all go through our own things. Uh, some, you know, a little harsher than others. We're all dealt different hands and we're all dealt different, uh, mental capacities and, and, and mental illness or whatever. And so, my goal is really just to help reach as many as I can. Um, you know, I, I made a pact and I don't even know what year 2011 that I was going to answer every single DM I ever got mm. besides weirdos uh, and try to help them and answer and interact with as many people as I can. I'm going to put out as much content and educational stuff, whether it is a fitness goal or any questions people have personal. I've been an open book um, and try to make it as entertaining and as fun and as funny as possible. Um, so people that are having bad days, bad weeks, bad months, bad years, uh, can see a little bit of light and continue to go. And so now that I have a physical location for it, it just makes it a little bit easier to film, it makes it a little bit easier with the people in person. I can tell as soon as someone opens the door, what kind of day they're having, and I'm going to try to give them as much energy and feed them as much as I can when they're walking in, um, podcast, same thing. I'm going to try to, um, regardless of how bad my day is, how stressed I am, how grumpy I am. I'm going to try to be funny. I'm going to try to have a good time. Um, and if I have a good time on that podcast, chances are people listening on the podcast are going to at least have a decent time. So, mm -hmm. uh, as long as I have some energy and a little bit of fight in me, I'm going to continue to do that in this fitness space. I don't know where it's going to take me, where, what's tomorrow. Like you said, you know, you, you made a decision to close down your gym. You never know what chapters open and what chapters close. Um, but yeah, right now it's centered around fitness in the gym. I love that. I love that. So where can people find third street barbell at like, uh, online or website or social media and where can people follow you? If you want to just throw out all of your social handles or if there's one location. Um, yeah. So the, the gym is in Sacramento, California. It's literally on third street. So if you Google third street, we'll pop up <laughs> third street gym. Um, the Instagram is third street barbell, uh, and it's with the, the number three, uh, website is three SB as in third street barbell, um, just the numbers.co. So three sb.co. If you want to check that out, um, my fat face is all over the internet. If you type in silent Mike, you can find me somewhere. Um, but Dude, yeah, I was, um, I was going through my, do you ever just go through your photographs? Do I have so many pictures of us? Like from, I don't know, 2016 or whatever, 
of just like lifting together. I I don't know. I'm going to send you some. Yeah, of send these them. I have like, nothing. So I had a droid what? forever. I had a droid forever. And then I finally, homies convinced me to get an iPhone and nothing transferred. Oh so like gosh. the newest okay. stuff I have is like 2019 on my student. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I'm, dude, I have some like really great. Yeah. Pictures. Just DM me your phone number in case it yeah. changed. Just because yeah, yeah. we don't. We we'll don't do want to put that out there for all the psychos. I'll have my throwback. I'll give you the number right here on the podcast. Yeah, no, don't do that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Can you imagine? You'd get so many phone calls. Um, well, so, okay. And then the last question for the clothing yeah. line with the bear, is that also uh, at 3sb.co? Yep. 3sb.co Very for all cool. the clothing. Um, there's probably some straggling things up there right now. I don't know when this podcast is going live, but um, next launches. Yeah. Hopefully soon. Four weeks. Four weeks. Or okay. So. That's exciting. Yeah. That's very exciting. Well, cool. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, man. It's really good to see your face and to like to catch up on everything. Um, anyways, it it means a lot. And I love seeing you out there on the West Coast, like just doing some great things. And I'm always your fan cheering, um, cheering across the way on the other side. I know you're literally on the exact opposite side of the world. Yeah. Yeah. It's not the world, just country. the U.S. The country's pretty big. Country. It is pretty big. It's the only one that matters anyways. Am I right or am I right? Hit them, dude. All the Canadian <laughs> list listeners, go fuck yourself. <laughs> All right, dude. I'll catch you later. Thanks, friend. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Reborn podcast today with Ashley Horner. Make sure you leave me a review on the Apple podcast. Tell your friends about it. If you guys took anything away from this podcast at all, uh, just share it with your friends, share it with social media, tag myself, tag Silent Mike, uh, tag the Reborn podcast. And uh, thanks again for listening to the Reborn podcast from Ironclad. I will see you guys next week. Bye.